really Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn the passing of a great friend. I am your moderator, Chris Winnia, and uh, with me today is John Pfeiffer. Hello. Um, Ryan Fuchs wasn't um, a good man by any means, but, uh, well, you know, he's not necessarily dead as long as we remember him, and also we just haven't seen him in a while. I heard he got split by Bowser's. I was not in that episode. Um, so today we're going to be taking a look at Detective Comics uh, number 328. Thank you, John. I was getting there. I'm doing my NPR voice. And uh, June 1963, I believe, uh, unless I'm mistaken. Also, just like to interrupt and say if you want a Batman uh, superstitious and cowardly tote bag, it'll just be a $25 uh, <laughs> donation. Um, but let's get, okay, let's get on with, we're going to look at Gotham Gang Lineup. Yes, we are. But before we do that, I want to talk. Uh, John, it seems like you had a bit of a crazy meetup. <laughs> Don't interrupt. <laughs> I thought you wanted me to set you it just up. Stepped up. No, that was a weird setup. And by the time this comes out, it would have been about a month. But a couple weeks ago, I went to Motor City Comic Con with Tina and my brother. And Tina and I dressed up as Mario characters again. We went there, and I went there for the sole purpose of getting Keith Giffen to sign Firmly Known as the Justice League. And then I found a ish, the first issue of Justice League International America, whatever. It was. I know it changed names a few times, but whatever the first one was, with like Guy Gardner in the front and everybody else. And he's saying, hey, you want to make something of it? So I got him to sign that, and that was fantastic. But when I went up to him, I think he... First of all, his booth at the convention was just a nameplate and then nothing else. There was no like, usually there's like a sign or a poster or something around those guys. And it was nothing. He was just standing next to another booth. And I think he was just there mostly because I think he was just trying to get donations for, I think it's called Hero Initiative. It's that uh, donation thing that's set up for comic book writers and artists and creators and all that. Because there's not a big safety net for that sort of a thing. I went up to him and it was like, hmm. I was like, hi. And he kind of looked at me. Like kind of confused, like he thought maybe I was going to ask him for directions to somewhere else in the convention center. And I was like, "Do you know where somebody good is?" I think that he was waiting for that, but I was like, "No, I want to talk to you." And he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll I'll talk to you." And it made me a little sad just for a second. I was like, "Do, do people not want to talk to you, or is he just like?" I want to assume that he's just very humble and he's just a super nice guy, is what I want to think. And he was super super nice, and it was just really great to see him. And he adopted John. I wish. That was one of the nicer interactions. I always have nice interactions with comic book writers and creators, but the ones I usually tend to gravitate towards are the ones that were stuff the stuff they wrote like 20 years ago that I really, really liked. And they still write stuff like Keith Giffen and and, um, and a bunch of these other creators that I've talked to over the years. Like They still are in comic books, which is great. But I always I always bring something that was something they probably don't remember from 20 years ago. And he was, he was really nice. And that was actually uh, probably the best thing about that convention. And there was even... Uh, Stephen Amell, Green Arrow guy there. And the inconceivable guy. Anyway, this is Detective Comics number 328, Gotham Gang lineup. I got a lot of sweat under my... So what was happening in the world of June 1963? Listen, like two issues back, it's pretty much the same thing. Also, I lost my notes. So (laughs) let's do a quick retrospective on Aunt Harriet. Well, that was fun. Do, do we have to? Okay, good. I was going to ask, do we have to? So why do you think that, that she was brought along? Were they just trying to change? Was it just they thought it would make the story more interesting to have somebody in the house that didn't know their secret? Was that? No, it honestly was. They got one um, 
one dick away and added somebody without one. Remember the whole seduction of the innocent thing from about 10 years back? We still have that going on. Oh, so it was. So we're trying to make it, quote unquote, less gay, is what I read. Was Alfred supposed to be in on that? No, but it's just like we get, put okay. some females in there that aren't like criminals. So don't make it a sausage fest is yeah. what I'm hearing. Okay. So how long do you think Aunt Harriet stayed around for? I don't know how long she stayed around for, but I can tell you the answer. It's too long. 1968, so about... Five years? Yeah, about five years, yeah. Jesus. I am. Hopefully I can become a fan of uh, Aunt Harriet. We should do an Aunt Harriet special at some point in time. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do that <laughs> right Harriet after... Inter- um, introspective? Snowflake or the cocaine-powered... Snowflame? Snowflame, yeah, we'll oh, do that one. I love I don't know if we said I ever told the story about Snowflame, but I love the idea of Snowflame. He's the best like one shot DC villain I've ever even heard of. If like he would be in a Deadpool movie if it was like DC owned. Yeah. You know what I'm like, saying? Like, like it, that like a brief like two second cameo, then done. Yeah. It's kinda like that. um the Negasonic Teenage Warrior from that movie. Is she like a one-shot character? She is from Grant Morrison's run of New X-Men. That makes a lot of she sense. Appe- no, no, no. She appears, says her name, and dies. That's not why they decided to use her? Because they didn't have a lot of like rights to worry about? No, they just like the name. Why do you think we got rid of Aunt Harriet? They wanted to make it gayer, which is totally cool. It's their choice. I, I'm, I'm behind it. The producers of the Batman TV series, because uh, she, as we saw when we looked at the Batman episode, she's in there. But like they were like, well, she, we don't really care about her. We'd rather just have Alfred back. So back from what though? Let's go on. So it's like a weird, yeah. They just they decided just to get rid of her, and that was it. Essentially, okay. We might. I, we'll hear more about it in the Aunt Harriet <laughs> introspective episode. We'll see if I even bother with it. All right, that's more conversation about Aunt Harriet that has ever been made. So let's look at the biggest thing to ever happen in the Batman mythos that nobody remembers. In Gotham Gang Lineup by Bill Finger, Sheldon Moldoff, and apparently Bob Kane? Question mark? Is it still Bill Finger? Yeah. It was uh, all those guys wrote it and drew the art for it. Was this like a last hurrah kind of a thing? I don't actually think so, no. Weird. Now, you'll notice that the art is not the same as like last issue, but like it's still better. It's still very much in that style and it's more detailed. It's like they were less held back by restrictions or something and like that. And this time, they'll get credit for all the... Oh, wait. No, they don't. It doesn't list any of all that. Right, so we have our front cover, which, hey, there's an extra elongated man story in this that we won't talk about either. So the cover is just them standing behind like a, pro- a police lineup thing with Batman and Robin chained up together with their utility belt still there. So I don't know how they're held captive because they have a way to escape. And a bunch of criminals just staring at them. Like there's one guy holding a gun by like the barrel pointed at like, Bruce Wayne's wiener. There's another, yeah, there's another guy uh, twirling his gun he around. He also looks like um, Jack Kirby's, good. like, um, fourth world, like, yeah. it's time for Jack Kirby. Like, that was his, like, hey, folks, it's time for my comics. And, it like, is. That's he's doing really the good. exact same pose. Um, this is the my biggest problem with the entire issue is this front cover where it says Batman and Robin in their most perilous adventures as victims of the Gotham gang lineup. This is not their most perilous adventure. They've been on other planets and on rockets. And smash those rockets together. There's been worse. Yeah, but like we're out of that whole Superman bullshit thing. But John, before we go on, I gotta ask, are you a good neighbor? Because it seems that Billy and some other boy were jumping over trash cans and Billy knocked it over. Hey fellas, help me clean up this mess. Skip it, Billy. Let's go to the park for a picnic. I'm starved. Gosh, all the places are taken. There's only one over there, but somebody put trash on it. How ironic. 
That was fun. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah, you should clean up after yourself and clean up messes and all that. Billy here was the one that messed up the trash can. Why would he make other people clean up his own mess? The real, That's uh, not right. The real message here should be, if you're not going to succeed, don't even bother trying. Kids, you tried your best, and you failed miserably. I'm going to put a drop there. <laughs> I wasn't going to that time. <laughs> well, now you have to. All right, so we start with a splash page featuring a giant boulder. Is that like a joke from something? I've done that twice I don't now. know. I think you just thought it sounded fun. I guess. It's basically a preview of what we're going to see at the end of the issue where Batman and Robin are trying to get some criminals while another guy is going to drop a giant boulder on top of them and Alfred's there to try to save them. Why he doesn't just yell, hey, look out, that would probably be faster. But He's also on a motorcycle because he just joined Hell's Butlers. I like to think that's one of those bicycle motorcycle things. Like It's not very powerful. Like that one from like Spider-Man 2, that kind of bicycle motorcycle thing. You know the motorcycle I'm talking about. Spider-Man 2? Yeah, where he's delivering pizza. The Tobey Maguire one. Oh, yeah, okay. I never saw the other ones. Actually, I never saw any Spider-Man movies other than the Tobey Maguire ones. Really? That was like, oh, you tricked me. Same with like X-Men. I saw X-Men 3 and I was like, oh, not again, you fucker. For any of the other X-Men movies, just watch uh, First Class and maybe Days of Future Past. Do not watch the third one with Apocalypse. Bad one. No, I'm not going to watch any of them. I did watch Logan, though. Yeah, we I was I with like you. Logan. We talked about that a year ago. We were holding hands. We talked about that time. a year ago in an episode, actually. Whoa, that was like episode one year like anniversary. two or three or something like that. Yeah. So it flashes to the so city we headquarters. With we Gordon. get our first shot of Gordon, who's beefed up a little bit. He's beefed up a little bit, and his office has gotten a lot smaller. It looks like he's just in like a little closet. Now he's a public servant. <laughs> but we also get the introduction of the hotline. I'll call him, sir. This is what is being drawn from when we see the TV show later on. I'm actually glad we watched the TV show before we talked about this issue. This actually makes kind of goes along with things and kind of makes sense. It's almost like it was planned that way. Wink, it wasn't. <laughs> um, so it and obviously this is doing a real-world parallel to the... Um, the phone line that uh, was installed with the Kennedy um, administration to the Kremlin, so that oh. they could all they could talk between them for Cold War tensions. Is that true? Yes, actually. Okay, I'll, <laughs> you you've burned me enough on this, and my history and my knowledge about the Cold War is not that strong that I was like, I'll believe just about anything. Well, you the say best right thing now. is that like I'm really good at lying with confidence. Oh yeah. So my sister, I was always like, Oh, what? Why are they doing this? And I'll like do some bullshit answer, and she'll go, Is that real or not? So either way, uh, Gordon gives calls into the hotline. We're one fucking panel into this, aren't we? We can't keep going. It, it's because we're dreading the rest of the issue. No, we're, I, reading, we're reading this so you don't necessarily have to, but if you can share in the misery with us, that'd be great. How crazy is it that no one knows about this, too? Uh, that, like, Alfred dies? I think it's a thing that people that really like Batman stuff will know and talk about, but things have gotten reset and moved around so often, and you can only hold so much information that people will want to talk about that I think it's just... I can only just, think of it coming up. Rediscovered I can it. only think of it coming up once, and it was. Um, I bet you can guess which author chose to bring it up. Morrison. Yes. So let's not like not have a hand now. No, he's got his hand back. Is it, it a robot hand like no, Buster in Arrested Development? It's some like weird bioengineered clayface hand. I think I might be wrong on that. So it's I a Buster hand. I might be wrong on that. The thing is, though, having a weird clayface based reproduction hand is not outside the realm of possibilities for a batman comic at all like it, it could be a completely i'll eventually write batman and then i'll make this thing happen if it hasn't happened already every time he touches somebody they turn into goo percy Payne will get there right um uh, 
But does Alfred uh, go around going, I'm a monster? One hand's bigger than the other. The first of such incidences occurred in 19... I'll cut this part out later, but the Simpsons one where like the guy's reading off his giant <laughs> hand. <laughs> no. All right, so Batman and Robin are out with Superman, just kind of standing next to him. While they're, he does yeah, everything. they're alluding to like they're still doing the world's finest, stuff and they and, are. Yeah, like the, technically, I didn't mention this last issue, but the new look debuted in World's Finest. Just it was a scheduling thing. So apparently, he also has this futuristic um, answering service. Yeah, it's taped to it's it's his phone's connected to a giant tape recorder. Goran leaves a message saying that there's going to be a huge gang activity with the tri-state gang. I think is what they say. Yeah, because it's uh, gangs from three states. Well, oh, that's what tribe. Which blows Alfred's dick off his body. He's like, oh, this must be a big score. So he gets on the case. He's like, I'm going to get all the information I can together from Batman's case files so I can give them a nice heads up by the time they get there. So half the work's already done. Oh, also, for the record, they don't really commit a crime. They don't. They They don't. They plan to, but they haven't. Premeditation without the actual act, I guess. Um, so they look through, and he finds that Paul Bardi is uh, a suspected member of the Tri-State Gang. So Alfred gets onto his uh, shitty, his poncy little roller skate and goes over to tail him. And he's just living in some random suburban house, like on a nice street with everybody else. Like, is this a Tony Soprano kind of a, a gangster thing going on? I figured it would have been a mansion or something at this point. And then Batman and Robin shows up, and Batman shows off abs that you could just eat a sandwich off of. They're like, okay, oh, Alfred uh, left a note, and they have all this material. We'll we'll go find Alfred, and they go to Paul Pretty's house. It's been house. two hours. He should be back. They go to Paul Pretty's house, and they can't He's find bat- him. This bat shit isn't going to clean itself. He needs to clean all these sticky towels, Robin. There's work to do. Robin, what is with all these sticky towels? Uh, Spider-Man was over here a while ago. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think Alfred borrowed his motorcycle. No, that does make sense. Oh, wait a second. Spider-Man's Robin. I think Spider-Man's three years away at this point, actually. Yeah, but like I was going to say Spider-Man's uh, goo disappears after like an hour. You're right. I'm glad you remember that. Do you remember that from the Fox uh, TV show? Because I do. No. The the animated series one from like the mid-90s? Uh, Elliot Kalen might have mentioned something. <laughs> Let's go on. So they go and they find Poppy's house and they're like, well, we don't see Alfred, but if you took the motorcycle, he left a trail. And they do something that this has actually been around. We saw this first in what like the first time joker abducted robin christ i think it was definitely in the uh the 40s it was like the 40s or uh, maybe even the 30s so they follow this trail because the the tires on the bike left like this uh, invisible trail that they could see with the batmobile's headlight so they head to an abandoned penitentiary that's apparently in good shape and has a bunch of cameras hooked up to the outside were you projecting the episode that we watched onto this like thinking, oh, maybe this was based on like no, because there's as, not enough to really support it. But the whole soon, time, because as like, soon as I wanted to draw that connection, as soon as I wanted to do that, they made this prison into a funny house. Like it was just a trick house with a bunch of things. Like there's stairs that drop down and turn into a slide. Well, that's there's wacky. electrified door handles. There's all this weird stuff. They turn it into a fun house. The human fly over here jumps onto the um, door handle and buzzes it right before Batman. Who, if you're Batman, you're gonna wear insulated gloves, aren't you? He has plastic gloves under his other gloves because that's his second outfit. I, I'm never that letting a, that go. That was a thing, wasn't no, it? No, I was never letting that one go. So they about to go into the prison just through the front they do door. The funnest- Why would they go through the front door? But a bug, a fly lands on the door handle and it lets Batman know that it's electrified. So they climb around it and go up the wall, which should be barbed wire and should be difficult. But we won't talk about that either. Because they're about to drive these criminals up a wall. I also uh, like how we can see how um, they didn't use like grappling hooks. They just like 
lassoed a um, Quonset hut <laughs> and just started climbing up it. You see that, right? Yeah, I see it. I see it. And then we get close up of smiling evil men. They're like, oh, I see Batman and Robin on a television. They're we're going to come down them steps faster than they figured on. And then they do the funhouse thing where the steps turn into a big slide. Eventually, they just they nab Batman and Robin, and it's the front cover again where they're just standing behind a. Uh, well, they have their guns fucking thing. pointed at them. They're like, oh, man, we should totally kill them. Oh, but we got to decide who's going to kill them. It's just like fucking shoot them in the and head. No, and the thing is, at no point do they take away their utility belts, which should be like the first thing you do when you capture Batman and Robin. There was a whole thing a while back where the Joker's like, hey, I noticed they have a utility belt all the time. I'll make my own utility belt. So people know about it. They know what's in there. The first thing you do is you take that from them. And then they handcuff Batman and Robin together. And it's like, no, guys, they do that on their own time. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they push criminals are like... Just like, this is just like kind of a side thing, but I love like incidental bad guy chatter. There's just one guy just goes, what a sight for sore eyes, ha ha. I think the thing that I like the most about, and the closest thing I have for that is the last time we were talking about Criminal Hideout where they only watch criminal movies, of course. Yeah. Only crime movies. So it's like there's a, there's a room where you can just kick all the dogs you want. <laughs> there's a bunch of criminals in this tri-state gang and they're all fighting like, I want to kill Batman Robin. No, I want to kill Batman Robin. Like, girls, girls, girls. You can all have a chance to kill Batman and Robin. Tell Guys, me we your stories. We'll about vote on four it. panels. So let's all tell your story. I think they ran short on story, and that's Pretty what they're sure, doing. Man. There's no um, story. So one guy's like, "Well, he ruined a heist, and I was at a movie set because they criminals love Robin, Robin movie mo- movie sets in Batman and Robin." And like, I love how Gotham also makes these very elaborate like movie sets. Gotham's kind of like. Simpson Springfield, where it can kind of do anything and it's has the, it's everything. The, it's a it's catch-all. Twice, it's four times the size of Texas. Yeah, that sort of a thing. So there's one where he stops a, a robbery on a movie set where a guy's running away on a chariot to steal some jewels. There's another one but, where... Yeah, but what does he do? He throws a spear through the, the tire the and probably the he, he kills those two horses and probably kills the other guy yeah, too. Yeah, those horses take a hell of a tumble. Them. Batman is not <laughs> careful. But like as we know, they are evil horses cuz you can see one of them has a giant horse penis. Do you see that though? It's I think it's, it's just not colored really in. Weird. It's just like that but, never got colored in. It's yeah, like a coloring like, mistake. What is that supposed to be? It's supposed to be the other hoof, the thing in between is the tail. Oh, is that supposed to be a shadow on the wall? Yeah, it is. They spent the time to do a shadow, but not the color in the other leg. And also, like, put it right at dick length. Man, this is the nerdiest thing that we're talking about in a Batman podcast is the length of a horse penis. Speaking of logs, the next one was that um, somebody's brother tried to rob the sawmill. Because as we know, there's tons of money just lying around at a sawmill. I thought you just robbed the payroll of the electric company. Did he? No, that was, that was, no, the, was the payroll that was, of the sawmill. No, that was the Joker's boner episode from a while back. Oh, you. That was my favorite episode. You That's know actually that, right? pretty funny. And so he's riding down a log and he just punches somebody yeah, in the face. Yeah, he's like, he, he surfs on a log through the mill and the guy just doesn't drive away and Batman just punches him, like jumps off the log, punches the guy. He and even says, okay. one leap, one punch, Batman. Uh, and, and it's all over. And then the other one was a bunch of robbers were stealing some jewelries out of a second story jewelry store. And the guy's like, <laughs> I do love this though. Well, that's just the thing though. It's like, I my robbery got stopped. My brother is in jail. My robbery got stopped. Which one do you think is going to win? My brother's in jail, right? The guy that's just my 
robbery was stopped that has to follow up after the guy that his brother went to jail. He's like, well, I'm not going to win this. I shouldn't even bother telling my story. No, no, no. Go tell your story. Oh, It's like, I, I got him with a rock. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> so, but I do Brent like- killed the guy. I do. With a trident. I do like how um, Batman stops these guys by like jumping down with a hose that's on and just um, sprays them. And I also like the next panel, which we see the two guys talking, but like they're in silhouette all of a sudden. It's super dramatic for no reason. That would have been a great menacing panel, and they just waste it on uh, a, a surefire way. Of, a surefire sure plan, plan washed, washed out, out by, by Batman. Batman. God. Uh, so they're like, okay, we have a winner here. Let's kill him now. And like, well, no, 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 no. You can't kill him now, and this is in part if two. If you kill him, he won't learn nothing. You can't kill him now. We got stuff to do. No, no, no. I can just shoot him. No, no, no. We have a plan. We got to rob some stuff. We got to work about the plan first. So they lock up Batman and Robin. And they're like, hey, we're going to lock you two together. Uh, Hey, you're going to take our utility belts? No, 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 no. We're just going to lock you in a room together. That's what you deserve. And they just kind of wink at each other like, hey, this isn't too bad. Being a former prison, we only have this one cell. Meanwhile, on the other end, actually, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But meanwhile, on the other end, there is Alfred in another cell. They're both holed up here in the same complex at the same time, but they never see each other. So there's a little bit of a disconnect that we'll see later on. Yeah, it's a hilarious comedy of errors. So Batman and Robin get their handcuffs off using um, a... The Boppet method? Harry Houdini mastered um, handcuff technique, which is apparently smashing it against the wall. Yeah, the Boppet method. Yeah, I'm sure that he like you know bro- took that to his brave. Oh, man, how did he do it? He didn't have a young boy uh, detective on him as well. So they get their cuffs off. They use some of their line from their utility but belts that like, are still there. Like he says that his plan is that he's going to he's going to reach through the bars because they think they won't be able to. He won't think that he'll be able to grab him, even though like they only handcuffed one hand. And then the guy's like, "I hope you're not thinking about grab me with one hand because I'm not going to get close enough for that shit." So they use their bat line and they hook some fixture that's on the floor. And they trip up the guard that walks past eventually. And then Robin and Batman grab him real quick and they take the keys and they run off to try to uh, save Alfred or look for Alfred. Meanwhile, Alfred has kind of done the same thing where they're like, hey, we're going to sh- this one other robber is like, hey, we're going to. He says kill the you. best line in the entire thing. I've been practicing. Get going, bud. Your hour of doom has struck. You know what? He's thought about that all day and he's he like, did. ooh, that's going to be sweet. It's going to be so good, this old bastard. And Alfred runs away and hits him with a boot. And he's been practicing it all day. All day. And he just hits him with a shoe. That really hurt. I'm going to have a lump there, you idiot. Who throws a shoe? Honestly. So meanwhile, Alfred gets away and he hits. Apparently that guy is just not cold. You can just hit somebody with a shoe and that's it. You're done. Alfred runs. It is a high quality butlered shoe. Alfred runs to the other cell. The, there's two cells in this prison. Robin runs to the other cell, sees that Batman and Robin are gone, and he's like, they must be executed. If you see no proof of death, you automatically assume death, apparently. And uh, Batman does the same thing, and they both start crying. You're supposed to be master detectives, guys, and they're like, we'll, we'll avenge their deaths. They both say that about each other. Yeah. So they go to the, Batman, uh, the Batmobile and the motorcycle, because we didn't mention it, but like Batman's last request was um, not lube, but to know what the crime was. Oh, we should probably mention what the crime is. They found pirate treasure. Yeah. What the fuck? (laughs) We didn't bother saying it because it was just really dumb. So they both go different ways. Um, Alfred is thinking that if you go on the straightaway, it'll help, but Batman knows he can go back roads and get there quicker. 
Is it? Really? I thought I thought uh, Batman was going through the expressway for some reason. Nope. It says I'll take the I'll make better time on the straightaway. Batman says. Oh, you're right. There's less traffic on the back roads. Meanwhile, while they're in some weird like, I can't even think of the name of what I'm thinking of. They're in some weird reenactment town. Yeah, because and they're distra- using that as a distraction. So there's a big hot air balloon. And a do you bunch think of- it's like Star Wars, where like every city in the DC universe has like a, a theme, like kind of like. Oh, you're on the snow planet of Hoth, and you're on the desert planet. Like this is like the colonial city, so everything's like set up that like li- colonial Williamsburg for Gotham. That kind of lines up a little bit in a few places. It's supposed to, I always envision Gotham as an east side of the country, sort of a state. Anyway, no, but so. like everything in colonial colonial yeah. city is just like from the uh, 1700s. Everything's just reenactments and making the hot candles. air balloon seems kind of like an odd fit, though. It does say that they're going to reenact the first uh, hot balloon. Hot balloon. The first balloon ascension ever made in the United States by Jean-Pierre Blackard. Uh, so meanwhile, while those guys are busy... To get the- away from gambling debts and his horrors. So meanwhile, the tri-state gang is like, well, everyone's distracted. We'll use these giant machines that make a lot of noise to dig up some treasure. And at this point, I like, was also how is thinking, that gonna what be time is this? How big of a distraction are those people making that those machines are going to go unnoticed? And all the people that are there are dressed up in colonial outfits. That's their jobs, dude. You're they're, not distracting them. They're going to notice a giant digger like just pulling out a bunch of treasure in one go or whatever they're envisioning. While they're trying to dig, and apparently they just dug out one giant boulder and not a bunch of dirt, uh, the Batmobile shows up and Batman around like, we're going to stop him. And meanwhile, in the background, Alfred shows up and he's like, oh, no. Batman and Robin are going to get hit by a boulder. I need to run and push them out of the way. He was so far away. He could have just said, hey, guys, look out. And they would have just. Probably, yeah. Yeah, they, they could have just walked away and everyone would have been fine. But instead, Alfred does the dumb thing, takes longer to get to him, and then pushes them out of the way. Oh, I just got it, by the way. What? Um, that's a nice boulder. That's from Shrek. Uh- <laughs> oh, donkey. I got it. Okay, so now that I've undercut the seriousness of Alfred dying, so Alfred um, is crushed underneath the rock, and Batman actually looks pretty distressed. He looks distressed, and we just get like a very like he the beginning and the end of the fight scene. He doesn't try to check on Alfred and trust Robin to fight the criminals or vice versa. They're like, no, we're gonna use all our rage and fight these criminals. Meanwhile, Alfred's like, guys, I'm still, I'm still alive. I'm just. Oh, God, my, this boulder, if I can be saved for the next two minutes, I might live. No, okay, bye. Uh, I don't mean to be an outsider to these fights. But they imply that they take the, they beat up the crooks and they push them in a pit and they imply that they just bury them in a shallow bury grave. Them alive. They do, actually. Uh, so, yeah, Batman doesn't use a gun, but he'll murder you. So we also get, like, another thing that, um, well, I suppose this is the second time we've seen the Pieta. But uh, Batman is carrying um, Alfred Pieta style. Back to the car. Yeah, the first time was the Robin dies at dawn mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So Except it's, it's a classic so kind of look. By this, even by this one, I mean, it's a classic kind of It is thing. like, you know, the Pieta. It's based on one of the greatest uh, marble statues ever chiseled. I know. These guys don't know. These guys don't know. They're fucking idiots. Hey, oh, you get a free podcast? There's like four. Oh. There's, there's a, shh, don't insult them. We need them. We, we love you. We, we, we love you. We there, do. I said it. We do. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I laid it out like that, but we do. So it's kind of implied that they bury him in the backyard. <laughs> Did you see that? Well, I... 
They're kind of like in the backyard and they're they looking down. They could have changed that panel so you saw like the family plot or something like that. So he was next to Thomas and Martha, something like that. Like so, that's Bruce not is in uncommon. The back- Bruce is in the backyard going, "I failed you, I failed you." God. And then he goes to the coffee shop and Alfred's there. So they're like, "Okay, so we're gonna have a new foundation." You mean the Martha Wayne Foundation? No, 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 no. We changed the name of that foundation for my butler. It's now called the Alfred Foundation, a charitable organization that will benefit all mankind. Well, are we going to have a specific purpose, or is this just a tax shelter and we're just going to scam a bunch of money from it? Yes. So, (laughs) obviously, this is another um, endearing thing that has just been being introduced into the comics. We will later change the name of it to the Wayne Foundation. Which is still in comics today. That's kind of like the charitable arm of. There's technically a real one, but that real one's I don't run not necessarily run, but like sponsored by like Kevin Smith. I think that one's about trying to help prevent and raise awareness for like, child, which is which is child extortion and stuff like that, like the the welfare of children, like that might be trafficked and stuff like that. So bad about that. Yeah, and no, I figured you would. So they have this- just also to say like I saw Kevin Smith like um when he came to town. How was it? Um, it was actually really fun. And they did like a reading of um a movie that he's apparently gonna shoot called uh Jane Sound Bob Get Rebooted. And it was I think that was, one's more inclined to happen than all his other Yeah, because like, of the heart he, attack. Apparently he got a lot of support for it, but that's good. Um well, the actually, support it was, thing, not the heart attack part. It was pretty uh pretty funny, but let's just go on. Yeah, they had this very somber kind of a scene like we're gonna have this memorial for alfred we're gonna have to set up this foundation it's very somber and then all of a sudden knock 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 here comes aunt harriet busting down the door like tony danza and who's the boss is she charles in charge or what other 80s nanny that's a male that i can think of so she just says like i'm gonna move in and care for you guys um she has a bunch of bags because you know it's a woman in the 60s and she's like, oh, I must tidy up. Oh, no, it's going to make our lives difficult for Batman Robin. She surely will become an endearing member of the cast that is well-remembered well into the 90s and beyond. Yeah. Surely. And that's how the issue ends. I didn't need Aunt Harriet to be introduced in this epi- in this issue. That was unnecessary. Yeah, but that's how they did things back it then. Was, it, undercut, it undercut Alfred. Like th- The rest of the issue, as dumb as it was, and all these weird things of them just like conveniently missing each other and not just telling Batman Robin to, like, hey, watch out. You want to kill off Alfred? Fine. But focus on the death of Alfred a little bit. It said it's Aunt Harriet coming in. And also, why is Dick Grayson not just living with his Aunt Harriet then instead of Batman? Yeah. Why is he with Bruce Wayne instead? That seems like she signed away her rights in some weird like sex ring scenario. This doesn't help the scenario of making it look less... Um, suspicious. This actually makes it look more suspicious, if anything. You're becoming a suspicious Aloysius. And I would have never, I never, the, the whole joke about that relationship, I never like fully embraced. I mean, I know I made fun of the joke and kind of got along with it, but in I reality. I say you hit it a little more than I do, actually. You, you do. I mean, I do. I never like really, I never truly believe no, it. No, I don't. But when you do this Aunt Harriet thing, I think you give more credence to it. It's just odd that he had family, but like, no, nope, she didn't want him or something. It's like, well, well, boy, my meth addiction's still around, and I have no more money, so I'm gonna live with you guys for a while. That what cool? is it where it's like you go with whoever gives you the better deal? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, why is she showing up now? Well, he did visit her in um, another issue. Another issue that we covered. I remember that. I don't remember much. Oh yeah, it was just for like a hot second too. But it was just relatives at <clears throat> then though. And that, and I think I had the same problem then. It's like, why is he with Bruce Wayne then? Like, why? 
Why do that? It, ta- it takes away from the story. It raises more questions than it's worth. He just it's like keeps giving her like hush money. If you're trying to do what the purpose of Aunt Harriet was, was, why not make Harriet, Aunt Harriet a few years younger where she's actually like around Bruce Wayne's age and like they start dating or something and they become a family or like, not that I would have wanted them to. Wait but... till the 80s, John. Oh, Aunt Harriet, huh? Uh, no, um, Alfred's daughter, actually. Is that the Leave us to Silverstone character in Batman and Robin? No. Well, okay. actually, yeah. I mean, by name, not actually by yeah. not by characteristic. But um, it's another character that came and went uh, rather quietly. So let's go on to the end of the show. So, John, I got a bit of a riddle for you. What's green and black and covered with a fuck ton of question marks? The Riddler. We'll find out next issue in The Remarkable Ruse of the Riddler from Batman Volume 1, number 171. John, why don't you tell people how they can tell us how great we are? Listeners can find us on Twitter. We are at SECBatPod, where you can use that as hashtag to get a hold of us, or preferably Robin's Regulars. I find that one much more fun. Or you can email us at sec.alfred at gmail.com. We'd love to hear suggestions for episodes. See artwork that you might have made over Heroes or anything like that. SAC episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find a full list on our website listed in the description. And with that, I have been John Pfeiffer. And I've been Chris Winnia. And we'll be praying that you come back for a resurrection. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we put this podcast into the Earth's crust. This is going on the end, Chris. I like how you always say that, like, every time we do, like, hey, guess guess what? This is going on the end.